I want to be able to see your faces. Here's what Paul's telling them. Are you ready? I'm so proud of you. I'm so thankful that you guys have chose to follow God the way you have. And I mean that with all my heart. And Paul did the same thing with the Colossian church. But here's what else he told them. Be ready because there are false teachers doing their best to gonna, that want to steal your faith from you. There are false teachers wandering around going to do their dead level best to tell you everything you've learned in this room is a lie. And not only is it a lie, you're a moron if you believe it. So I'm proud of you, but it's not over. If you want to know the truth, it's just beginning. Life for you is just beginning. What you've done behind you matters, but what you're going to go forward in matters more. And it's going to be harder than you've ever expected it to be before. Being an adult is the hardest thing in the world that you'll ever do, in my opinion. It's full of joy. It's full of blessing. It's full of peace. But it is, you've got to be intentional about it. And you cannot be swept away by false teachers. That's what Paul is getting at here. Pop a squat, and I'm going to read a scripture. Go to the next slide real quick. I'm going to read the scripture, and then we'll get into the meat of the message, and we'll be done. Colossians 2, verses 6 through 7 says this. So then, he's talking to the Colossian church. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live, to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and on the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Paul gives us three things I believe, and I don't care what age you're at in this room. It could be my age. You can be a ninth grader in this room. You better pay keen attention tonight because even in the high schools today, they're not telling you that Christ is Lord. In the curriculum they're teaching you in high schools today, they're not propping up Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. That no one comes to the Father except through him. They're not propping up that God created all things in six days as Genesis teaches us. They're, 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 what they're doing is they're coming at you with hollow and deceptive philosophies which depend on human tradition and elemental spiritual forces of the world. Paul doesn't give us exactly what he's talking about. But he gives us, there's Gnosticism, there's asceticism going on. There's all sorts of different isms that are being taught in the church at this time. And I think in our world today, it hasn't changed a bit. We are being taught everywhere that Christianity is not true. If it's true, it's not really the only way. All roads lead to God, don't they? Okay, let me agree with that for just a second. All roads are going to lead to God because we're all going to stand before God someday and give an account for what we did about Jesus Christ here on earth. So all roads do lead to God, but there's only one way to get to heaven. And you're not being taught that in school. You're being taught everything but that in school. So I want you guys to listen closely tonight because I really believe what he does here. Paul gives us three things that we can pull out of this that will make a difference. Let me narrow it down. Let me bring it into today's world. I graduated in 1980 is the year I graduated. And I know, right? <laughs> you weren't even, well, who, don't answer that. I don't know who was born in 1980. Um, on the way up to the church tonight, I heard a song, and it reminded me. And it's by REO Speedwagon, Speed and the name of the song is Time for Me to Fly. I love that song. And I saw this fluffy-haired, buck-toothed, 140-pound dork, me, who was in broadcasting class at the Career Center in Billings, Montana. And I went back like that 
It's 2021, and driving up here tonight in my Suburban, I went back to 1979 at the Career Center in Billings, Montana, and a sound, I loved it, it was so awesome. See, I think music needs to be listened to loud, okay? And I was in a soundproof room in the broadcasting studio, I was a DJ, and I was in, the, in a soundproof room, and I, for whatever reason, that song came on, and I remember it like it was yesterday. And I didn't know God. You guys know my story. I didn't get saved until I was 38 years old. And what I did, listen to me closely, you guys, please hear this. As a high school student, I bought into the false teaching of the world. I bought into the lie that life was all about me. It wasn't Gnosticism, so to speak. It wasn't some heresy that Paul was talking about. What it was talking about was me. I bought into the world. I bought into the world's false teaching that life is all about me. Go get what I want, do it how I want, do it the way I want, be as selfish as I want because that's the best way to do it. That's what the world's going to teach you because watch, Christianity is about selflessness. Everything else in the world man-made is about selfishness. Do it myself, live it myself, figure out my own dreams. That's what we're being taught in the world. And I want you guys to know when I was about 18 years old, I bought into that. And for 20 years, I lived that way until I was 38 years old and bumped into this guy named Jesus. And changed everything for me. And all of a sudden, I went from being selfish to selfless. So don't think for a second that what we're teaching out of this scripture tonight doesn't matter in today's world because the world hasn't changed. Because you guys are being taught false teaching, heresy, that it's man-made is what you need to do. Religion doesn't really count. Nah, religion's a crutch. Going on today. So I don't want you to be like Dan Knust and be until you're 38 years old to get all this figured out. You continue to walk in him. The very first thing we see here is this, to be consistent. And this idea of being consistent is this, listen close, consistently adhering to the same principles or the course that you're taking. Are you willing, are you willing to take and hold on to the same principles and go the same course that you've been taught all these years in church and all these years in youth group? And if you're a junior going into your senior year, listen close, because it's coming for you too. And all these things, so we need to be consistent in our walk with Christ. The very first thing you see here is the Colossians had not merely accepted the doctrines of Christianity, of Christ. They accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord. I want you guys to catch this. You've heard me talk about this before. I really believe Jesus is our Lord and our Savior, but he can't just be Savior. If he's not your Lord, he's not going to be Savior for very long. Hear me, look at me you got to get this. Because see, the Colossian church didn't just believe that Jesus was the Savior. They confessed him as their Lord, which meant they followed him, which meant he was king. And every step they took, this is how you do this. Every step I take in life, no matter what age I'm at, Christ is Lord. And if Christ is Lord, my decisions are based on his lordship, not on my wants. We talked about this last week. Remember when we talked about Kylie and I? We used this example of what I wanted was more important than what I'm going through. I want Jesus to be my Lord. I want to make it to heaven. I want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. So no matter what I'm going through, doesn't matter. What I want is more important than what I'm going through. You guys hang on to that thought as you, as you live your life. We must be consistent and continue walking in him by faith. It always strikes me, and I think we all struggle with this for some reason. We will, we will trust Jesus with our eternity. 
We will trust him with our salvation by faith. We trust him with eternity, but we won't trust him with the next five minutes. Oh, I know. I love God, but I don't trust him very much, so I'm going to take control of this decision. And I'm going to pretend like I'm Lord, not him. Doesn't mean you've lost your salvation. Doesn't mean you've even walked away from it, but you're living a life without Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So we've got to continue to walk in him. I put it this way. In, in a Christian life, we should never stand still. Here's why. I'll give you an example. You ready? So I like to pedal my bicycle. And a couple of years back, I had a road bike, and I started training for road races on, on this, what I would have referred to years ago as a 10-speed. Now we don't call them that anymore. It's a road bike. Don't go figure. There's no motor other than me going, that's me, okay? So I ride my bike out, and I ride out the forest road, and I'm by the bridge out there at forest road. And I stop, and I take a break. And then on this bike, of course, i got to do it the right way, and i got to be hip and cool, right? So I lock my feet in the pedals when I'm pedaling this bike. I don't just put them in the stirrups. I actually lock them in, okay? So I stop, and I have a snack, and I, I have my snack and drink my water. and think, okay, I'm out there by myself, and I'm going to get going again. So I get, up on, <laughs> I get up on my bike, and I lock this foot in. And when I say locked in, they're locked in. You've got to pop them to get it out, okay, if you've never done this. And I gave myself a little shove, and I put my leg over, and I popped the other one in. Well, guess what? I wasn't going forward fast enough. I wasn't moving forward in my Christian walk. You're picking up when I'm laying down, and what happened? <laughs> I went down. It hurt because both feet are still locked in the pedals, and I'm laying there. Thank goodness nobody's around watching me, but here I lay on the ground thinking to myself, oh, my Lord, I got to be crazy. So I finally get my foot out, give myself some momentum, and then I didn't fall. As, want to shut my phone off for me? Thank you. <laughs> As long as you keep pedaling as a Christian, you won't fall. But we are not made as Christians to be stagnant, people. We are made as Christians to grow in Christ. Grow in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter puts it this way. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by error or by lawlessness and Fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grow. You've got to grow. You can't sit still. If you don't grow when you go to college, you will fall. It's not a matter of if. You will if you don't grow and if you don't keep going. Second point is this. Be confident. In verse 7, you see that. Be confident. In verse 7, it says this. Be rooted, built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Be confident. We get our confidence from Christ. I have no confidence outside of Jesus because I know the Dan that I used to be outside of Christ, and I don't want to be him again. But I have confidence in Christ, and I have that confidence, and it grows by being rooted, built up, and strengthened. Rooted means this, permanently rooted in Christ and firmly anchored in him. We sang this just a little bit ago. We used the words anchor. He is my anchor, and I don't want to do this alone. You have to be rooted and anchored in Christ. Otherwise, it will not work, and you will fall. Persecution will come. Or excuse me. Persecution will kill a tree or a Christian with no roots. You've got to get this built down in the ground. Tumbleweeds, I put it this way, tumbleweeds, where do they go? You see them? They pile up against the fence. They blow along the prairie. They're blowing around with every wind and every doctrine that comes is what you see there. And you've got to realize it will not work that way. Trees have to be rooted down and strengthened. Watch. 
if those roots grow deep, the wind, Tanner shared this on a Sunday not too long ago. When the wind blows, do you realize what it does? The persecution, if the wind of persecution blows in your life, I want you to realize this as a believer. Your roots are being strengthened. You're going to be stronger when the wind of persecution blows in your life as a believer. Those roots will be strengthened and you will grow down deeper and you will be stronger. So they got to grow down in the ground strong. And you do that by growing in him. But also what I want to share with you guys is this. Redwood trees are different. Who's been around a redwood tree? Who's seen one personally? They're massive, huge. They're just, you can drive a car through some of them. But here's the deal about redwoods. Do you realize that their roots don't grow down this way? They grow horizontally. And when they grow, they intertwine and they weave it together with each other. And when the wind blows and the storms come, guess what happens? We hold each other up. You've got to find somewhere when you go to college, get in a ministry of some sort, please, because we need each other in Christ. Because the only thing that holds those redwoods up is the intertwined roots of each other. And that's what I see as other believers, other Christians holding each other up. See, if you guys could see this at this ninth grade table, here's what it looks like. All of you are linked together, whether you like it or not, if you believe in Christ. Because all of you are brothers in Christ. And when one of you goes through a storm, the other ones will hold him up. And Clint is at the center of that, and so is Clark. When he, we talk to you guys every week like this, that's got to be it's critical. Hebrews 10, chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 tell us this. Do not forsake the gathering of the brethren. So you spur one another on and encourage one another on to what? Good deeds. We need to be together. we got to be strengthened up with each other. When I planted a tree, when I plant a tree, when we lived up north, I plant a tree, Right? The very first thing I do when I put the dirt in the ground and I stand that tree up and the dirt's loose and it's not solid around it, I don't just wave at that tree and leave it. As a brand new believer, what I do with that tree is a brand new tree. I stake that tree to the ground and I hook wires to it because it's not ready for the wind of persecution to blow yet. The roots aren't strong enough. The ground's not hard enough around it. It's not matured yet. But eventually when that tree gets a root system that is strong, and when you get a root system that is strong as a Christian believer, those wires will come off. And then when the wind blows, you can stand it on your own. And you'll know brothers and sisters are praying for you. That's how this works as believers along the way. We need each other. Built up in him is this. Build your life on the firm foundation. Uh, Matthew 7.24 says this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, that being Jesus, and puts him into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. Rain's going to come. Seniors, look at me. Rain is going to come. Storms are going to blow. Every adult in this room will tell you it's coming and it's real. You have to build your life on the rock that is Jesus Christ. Because that way, when the wind blows, you'll stand strong. You'll be rocked and it will hurt and it will knock you flat, but you will not be destroyed because of it. Strengthen, strengthen in your faith is the next thing. In the faith that you were taught. Never forget what you've learned in this room. And if you ever need anything, you know we're here for you. But you strengthen yourself on what you were taught, and you're taught God's word, and that's what builds up and strengthens a Christian. Romans 10, 17 says it this way. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. And if you want to be strengthened in your faith, you have to read God's word. Ninth, 10th, and 11th graders, look at me. How strong are you in your faith? You got to think of it this way. 
I got all you muscled up guys sitting at the table. Don't go to the gym for a month and tell me how strong you are. You'll lose your muscle, won't you? Right? It's the same thing with your Bible. How strong are you in your Bible? How strong are you in your faith? Ladies, are you strong? Are you reading your word? Because that's what strengthens us. That's what brings us together, builds us up so that we can stand it. Listen, I wrote it this way. I heard it said this way one time. The devil has a hard time deceiving the Bible-taught believer. If you don't want to be deceived by false teaching, the devil will have a hard time deceiving you if you are a Bible-taught believer. And the last thing is this, be cautious. Paul says it this way. This is a military term that Paul uses. I love Paul's writing because he does this a lot. See to it. See to it that no one takes you captive. To be taken captive in this scenario that Paul's writing here in the Greek is to mean to be kidnapped and taken away. See, watch. The devil's going to try to do something to you. Do you know what it is? And he'll use other people to do it. He'll use false teaching to do it. And you know what he's going to want to do? He's going to want to take you, River, and he's going to want to seduce you and get you to walk away from the truth of God. He's going to try to get you to believe what you're hearing at school or at work is true. And it's going to be what you know about Christ right now. That was nice for a high school kid. But now that you're college and you're mature and you're a man, come over here. There's more. There's a better way to think. And it will seduce you. It will kidnap you and seduce you away from being a Christian. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. That is to be kidnapped and taken away, not just taken away, but taken away. Man, I don't know if this would scare you guys. Think about this. I want to see if I make sure I land this point, and then we're going to stop in just a minute. To buy into false teaching at school or in the world, to hear that selfishness is a way to live, do it your own way, be your own man or woman, that is not to just get you to do what you want to do. That is to get you to walk away from your Christian faith. Now, I don't know if that lands on anybody else in this room besides me, but it scares me to death to think what my life would look like. My wife and I are always talking about this. We talked about it this morning, I think, how frightening it is to think of what my life would be like without my Christian faith. I don't even know what I would do. Because I can guarantee you, the 18-year-old kid that was in that south booth rocking that song out to as loud as he could play it wasn't thinking when he was 58 years old he was going to be standing in, a bunch of fun, in front of a bunch of high school kids trying to convince you to continue to follow God. You don't know what life is going to bring you guys. My wife and I often pray this. We don't know what we're going to do today or what's going to happen, but we know who we follow. And he's good. So no matter what happens, it will be a God's glory and it will be good. Don't know what's going to happen today, but I know who I follow. So be careful not to get up and fall, caught up in false teaching. And we do this by being familiar with God's word. It's that simple. There are many approaches and philosophy to life's problems that will totally disregard God. Try harder. Do it a different way. Earn more money. Find a different woman. Find a different man. It doesn't matter. Find somewhere you need to be happy. Because happiness is all that matters, Right? That's the lie I bought into as a young man, and it wasn't all that mattered, and it ruined my life until I found Christ. Live selflessly in him. So here's what I was saying. I'm going to give you guys a few minutes in your small groups. That last statement I got there, take heed, see to it, be on your guard, keep watch, be alert to the imminent danger 
because the enemy is lurking around in the darkness. Peter puts it this way, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And he devours those that are on the outside of the pack. He devours those that are not strong and built up and rooted. He devours those that are weak in their faith. It's important. Stay strong. Talk about this at your small groups, and we'll finish up here in just a minute.
Okay, everybody. You guys can hang around and talk afterward if you want. You don't have to leave, but I got to get your attention back up here to the front of the room. Every Wednesday night, a lot of you don't know this, and you've never heard me say this, okay? Every Wednesday night, about 8.50 or 9 o'clock, I've got to run off several students in the room still because you guys are hanging around. And you guys all know what I tell you, right? I love you guys, but I love my wife more, right? Would everybody say hi to my wife in the back of the room back there by Dylan? <laughs> hi, Rachel. Because <laughs> that's the thing is I love you guys, but I love my wife more. That's the one I love more. So just so you guys know, okay? All right, so parents, can you see them? Can you see them when you dropped them off in the first grade? Do you remember what it looked like when they were about that tall and they thought they had it all figured out and they were going to be brave, some were going to be brave, some were going to be scared, some were going to cry. Remember those days? What's the very first thing, students, what's the very first thing that you remember mom and dad teaching you when it come to crossing a road? Look both ways, Right? Seniors, look at me. Look both ways. Look behind you and look at what your parents have taught you. The principles, the standards, the rights, the wrongs. All you've learned in youth group, all you've learned in church, all you've learned at the hallways of your school from your coaches, look behind you. But I would say glance behind you and look ahead. Because I want you guys to look ahead at what God's got for you. Because see, now the jail door is going to open. You've been in jail like your parents are going to be in jail. It's kind of a difference. Now the jail door opens and you're free. You're going to be adults. And you're going to get to do whatever you want to do. And nobody's there to stop you anymore. Nobody's there to tell you, Carson, don't do that. Nobody's there to tell you, Maddie, be home by midnight. You guys can do exactly what you want to do. Make sense? But if you don't look back over your shoulder and remember what you were taught when you were growing up, and you don't look the other way as well and look at what's going to be taught before you as you go forward by God and by other pastors, hopefully, in your life and by other, by other leaders, you'll run into the wall. So look both ways. When you're done with graduation that day and you walk out of there with your gown on, and you're going to have pictures taken, and there's going to be parties and senior send-offs and all the other things that you're going to experience. When you lay your head on the pillow in the quiet of your room, I want you to look both ways. And I want you to ask God, say, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know who I follow, and you're good, and I'm going to be okay. And here's the deal. Give your parents some peace of mind. And here's how you do that. I believe this. When you think about that little kid holding her hand, right? I got a hold of my son Tyler's hand, and we're standing at the road. And I tell him, I said, son, make sure before you cross, you look both ways. And then what do we do? We step off into the street together, don't we? Now watch this. Here's what your parents, I hope, see. Is now you're standing at the edge of the road, and you're holding on to God's hand. And God will tell you. Carson, River, Kayla, Maddie, Tristan, Wyatt, Maddie, whoever that is in the room that's a senior, if I've forgotten your name, I'm sorry, but watch this. God's going to be holding your hand, and he's going to say, look both ways, because I know what I'm doing. But you'll give your parents peace of mind if you don't do this. I don't want you to be that little kid, because we've all got them, that says, let go of my hand, Dad. I got this. Let go of my hand, Mom. I got this and you go running off on your own. Don't do that. 
you hold tight to God's hand and that will give your parents peace of mind and it will give you direction in your life and it will keep you from falling into the rhythm of false teaching. So look both ways. Look both ways before you cross and hold on to God's hand tight because you're in for the ride of your life. And God, look at me. You've been born for such a time as this. And if you ever forget why you're here and what you're supposed to be doing, remember this. You've been born for such a time as this to do this, to bring glory to God in all that you do. And you do that not by trying harder, You do that by his grace and by surrendering more. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you, praise you, and thank you, Lord, for all that you do, seen and unseen. And it's um, amazing how another year has just gone by. And I know there's parents sitting in this room tonight, Lord, wondering where time went. And it's hard and it's scary. So I pray that these parents tonight and grandparents do the same thing as I've encouraged the students to do. We don't know what direction we're going, Lord. We don't know what our lives are going to look like, but we know who we follow, and you're good. And for that, we are grateful. So give these parents in here peace of mind, knowing that their students, that their kids have been raised up right. They've done a good job with their children, Lord, and they've allowed them to be taught the things of, the, of, of Scripture and been raised up that way as well. So may you give parents peace as they go off into this new season of life of what this looks like to have adult children. And for these students that you know I love so much, and I'm so grateful, Lord, that I've had the opportunity to do what I get to do in this room for another year, I pray a blessing over them that they do remember that they were born for such a time as this to go out and bring you glory in all that they do and help them to do it by your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Love you guys. You are dismissed, everyone. Have a great night. Don't forget your gift, your whatever those